Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 22 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and CoCPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and we are continuing our cash flow discussion in today's episode. Uh, last week, we talked about cash flow and don't mistake profit for cash flow because they're two different things and you need to have a clear picture of both within your business and an understanding of what's coming up in the pipeline as much as you can. So we are joined by Katina Peters in today's episode to continue that discussion and help you analyze your current cash flow situation. So hello and welcome, Katina. Hi, Megan. Thanks for the welcome. Glad to be here again. It's a fun conversation cash flow can be. Yeah. So one of the the big statistics that we threw out in last week's episode was that 82% of small businesses fail because of cash flow issues. So it is definitely a big aspect of your business that you need to be paying attention to. And we want to help business owners in today's episode get a handle on it and really understand where they stand right now. Yeah, it really needs to be a huge priority in any business is to really understand how their cash flows ebb and flow and where they're at and where they're headed with regards to cash flow. Um, because, you know, as you mentioned, it can be a big killer of business. Um, it can also stunt your growth, set you back, you know, those kinds of things, even if it doesn't kill the business and cause obviously a lot of stress too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have yeah. money to pay the bills, it's very stressful. Um, so, you know, having a great handle on Cash flow makes um, think you know, makes you be a lot more proactive in in managing that and have a better situation overall. Just feel more in control if you know what's going on there. Definitely. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, episode number twenty one, I would highly suggest going back and listening to that one first because uh, you know we do make a couple of just definitions between cash flow versus profit, and then kind of walking you through the the potential implications of not managing it. Um, so if you need a more of a base for cash flow, go ahead and listen to that one first. Otherwise, we're going to continue that conversation and start talking a little more in depth about the types of statements that you can look at as well. Right. So um, a lot of business owners, uh, small business owners, uh, like to use QuickBooks or a QuickBooks Online or you know some version of that, and or Zero. They all have their own little version of a cash flow statement report that uh, can be printed out. So um, and Meg and I were discussing this episode a little bit. Um, what came to mind is, uh, have you ever looked at your QuickBooks cash flow statement and been a little lost? <laughs> <laughs> the reason, and we're going to go through, there's a couple of different um, types of cash flow statements um, in the world. And the one that you're looking at from QuickBooks is called the indirect cash flow statement. Um, so it's not as intuitive um, of a cash flow statement to follow. And so if you're not used to accounting or you're not used to looking at business financials and have a good grasp on what that is, it, it's a little confusing to look at that one for sure. Um, And then there's also a direct cash flow statement. So we thought maybe we would start with 
looking at what those two types of cash flow statements are, what's the difference and what's the theories, you know, what are they used for, those kinds of things. So we thought we'd start off there. Yeah. So let's start with what's the difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll start with a direct cash flow statement. Um, so a direct cash flow statement, and again, this is not typically what is produced in software. So, um, but direct is more makes more logical sense to most people. Uh, direct is if anybody was going to sit down and figure out their cash flow, is how they would approach it. Here's my money coming in. Here's my money going out. That is direct. <laughs> here's the money that's coming in from my customers every month. Here's the money that's going out to pay my bills every month. You know whether that be expenses, loans, payroll, whatever the case may be. Um, so direct is very direct, I guess you could say. <laughs> so it's what you would think of just sitting down to do it. Um, um, now, in the finance world, an indirect method is utilized, and um, a lot of people are like, well, why? Like, <laughs> what if it doesn't? What's right. the point of that? <laughs> um, so, the point of the indirect method is to take your profit or loss and to reconcile it back to your cash flow. So, they, they wanted to show the relationship between how your profit relates to your cash flow. Um, because as we described last yeah. episode, they are not the same. Um, and doing a direct mm -hmm. cash flow statement does not tie it into how it relates to your profit. Um, and so that's why, again, the, you know, the finance world wants to see more of an indirect method. And I'll get into what that means in a second. But the, the point of doing that is to tie your net profit or loss to your overall cash flow implications. Okay, so what the indirect method does, and this is a little lengthier of an explanation than the direct method for obvious reasons. They're direct, pretty straightforward. Um, the indirect method first takes your profit or loss at the top, and then it reconciles things that are non-cash items off. So things like depreciation, you don't pay for depreciation in cash, but it's on your profit and loss mm -hmm. statement, for example. Um, you know, so there's some things like that, depreciation, bad debts, there's things that occur um, in your financial statement, profit and loss that don't actually cost you cash out of the bank. So they reconcile those mm. items in first. Okay, so we got because we got to get those out of there, because we're trying to get to a cash basis here. Okay, right. Um, and then it looks at things like accruals. So your receivables and payables, your receivables and payables affect your profit and loss, but you haven't exchanged cash yet for that. Um, so we have to, again, reconcile those items off because they haven't affected our cash so far for the month or year, whatever the statement is for. Um, so we have to adjust for those things in there. So we adjust those off to get back to a cash basis on our PNL. So we're taking our profit and loss and turning it into our cash basis, basically, by doing these steps. Um, okay, so it, it looks at how those things were used. So maybe you paid down your payables $10,000, you know, over last year. So you used that much cash or, you know, you may, got more receivables. So you received that much cash. So we're reconciling that back. So that's the next step there. And in that first section is it's called the operations impact. So there's several sections in an indirect method, operations, investing, financing. Um, and that those sections on the operations, basically what you're doing is you're getting to the net cash flow impact of your overall operations of the business. So running the business, getting revenue from clients, paying expenses, doing those things, that's the operational impact of the business. Okay. And then you okay. have investing impact. 
So maybe you've got investors investing money. Maybe you as the owner, you're putting money in or taking money out. So there's investing um, things that can occur in a business that impact cash flow. Um, and those are, you know, a little more direct in nature. Somebody actually puts money in or actually takes money out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that isn't investing. So it's not related to the operations of the business from a perspective of it's not how I'm making money. It's not my trade or business. Mm-hmm. I'm getting money from an right. investor. I'm putting money in myself as the owner. So they're they're not included in what the operational cash flow is, but they're obviously included in the overall cash flow analysis. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next step is a financing impact. So you're getting loans, you're paying back loans, things are happening with loans, you know. So um, from a financing perspective, again, that's not operational in nature in that it's not, you know, coming from the operations of the business. It's coming from some other source. Um, So when you receive money from a loan, you're getting cash flow, but you're not affecting the operations or when you're paying that money back. Now, interest is part of operations, but the debt on the principal component is not. So again, we have to account for that somewhere, not in the operations of the business. Um, it is occurring though in cash flow, so we have to account for it. Bottom line of this is you get all the cash flow impacts from operations, investing, financing involved in there, and you can see an overall picture of what was going on with the cash. Okay, so now we know how much of our cash came from operations, and we know how much of our cash came from investing, or went out for investing, either you're in or out, whichever way it went. Financing, same thing. And that is taking, again, our net income at the top, working through all of that to get to our overall cash flow change for the period. So that period could be a month, a quarter, a year, whatever period we're looking at, okay? But it tells us what the change in cash beginning to ending is and where that impact came from. So again, from a banker perspective, an investor perspective, you know, publicly traded at some point, um, the finance world looks more at this indirect method because it's looking to how does it interplay with, with the profit and loss of the business, where is it coming from? Operations, investing, financing, et cetera. And so they can do a better analysis and understand the business and how the cash flows ebb and flow for that business. So that is what most accounting softwares will produce is that indirect method because that's what the finance world wants is that statement. So if your mm-hmm. banker is looking for a cash flow statement, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for the direct method. However, until you get a good grasp on how that works, um, it, it can be a little confusing. So if you're just pulling it up on QuickBooks, you're probably not going to initially understand what it's talking about unless you've done gone through some training or had yeah. someone explain it to you in the past. So that's something that we like to make sure that we're discussing with, with the owners. And we do want them to become more educated about what that statement says and how it works, because that is what the outside world looks at, you know, when they're looking at lending or investing or what have you. So we want to make sure we understand that and that we know what it looks like. Now, the direct statement is a lot more useful in things like cash flow projecting, right? <laughs> right? When are we expecting the money to come in? When do we have to pay the bills to go out? Um, so we typically use both methods for different purposes. Okay. So, so if I, as a business owner, am pulling, is there any reason for me to pull the indirect cash flow statement as a business owner, unless I need to look at getting a loan or how bankable my business is? Like on a day-to-day monthly basis, wouldn't a direct cash flow statement come in more handy? 
Yes, I would say typically that is going to be more handy. And that is how we would um, project a cash flow uh, budget for you. So if we're doing cash flow projections, we're going to do it on the more direct method because it, it's just logically timing wise makes more sense. It's not reversing things off that right. aren't going to really help you know what to expect, expect cash flow wise. I would still recommend looking at the indirect cash flow statement as part of your financial statement package. So like at the end of the month, you want to see your balance sheet and your P&L and your cash flow statement because you want to get used to looking at that and understanding it. And you want to see how it looks to the outside world mm. because you can't just pull it and get a bank loan, right? right. <laughs> you need to know what it says. You need to understand how they're going to look at it and make sure that when you're going to apply for a loan, you're doing it at a time that's going to be the best and most effective. And you want to understand how it's affecting your financials and how they're going to look at it. Um, and I think it's just better as a business owner to really understand how these financial statements work anyway. So if you're looking at them every month, they'll start to make more sense because you'll start to understand how that's working and how it's calculated and what it's saying. So I still think it's very helpful to have it. Um, but I think from a cash flow projector perspective, the direct method is definitely the way to go with regards to that. So a follow-up question to that is how, so I can pull a P&L and a balance sheet that tells me the strength of my business overall and how I'm looking as far as, you know, liabilities and all that. What does the indirect cash flow statement add to that story, I guess, is my question. Sure. Um, well, it adds a util utilization of cash. So, you know, for example, maybe you're, you know, heavily leveraged. Now your, your balance sheet might show mm -hmm. that, but it's not going to show the, the timing as much. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's not going to show, um, oh gosh, you're constantly tight on cash because you aren't collecting your receivables fast enough to pay your bills. For example, mm -hmm. it's going to show Again, how the cash flow ebbs and flows, um, not so much the profit and loss statement. The profit and loss statement can show great profits, but if you're not collecting that money, your cash flow is going to suffer. Um, so again, it's going to show the outside party or yourself as a business owner, you know, where's the cash being used? How is it coming and going? Is it tied up in inventory? Is it tied up in receivables? You know, those kinds of things. So it's going to show that more so. The direct method is going to show you when what's coming in, what can we expect, but it's not going to show you, Hey, you have $200,000 in receivables you haven't collected. Yeah. Right. Um, so that, that is a balance between the balance sheet, your internal reporting and the cash flow statement. So the cash flow statement is going to show what's the utilization of the cash that you're bringing in and when is it being utilized? Okay. That makes sense. Now that we know the difference and why it matters, what do we do with this information? Okay, so I'm going to focus a little bit more on the direct um, side of things because, um, okay. as we just discussed, the indirect, it, you may want to understand it. Uh, it's going to be used by the outside world, et cetera. But that's mostly the extent of it, more so on the direct side of things. Now we, we want to get into real life cash flow management. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> so we need to analyze from mm -hmm. that perspective um, what's what's been going on in the business, what have our cash flows been um, on the more direct method. How are collections coming in every month? What bills are we paying every month? Looking at the historical analysis of the cash inflows and outflows in order to project into the future. Okay, so that we want to have um, a budget for our profit and loss, but we also want to have a cash flow projection because, as we just said, they're different, the timing is different. 
we can have great profit and loss and terrible cash flow. And we don't want that. <laughs> we want to make sure that we're balancing. Right. That um, we want the cash flow to be good too. So we want to look back um, over the historical information of the business, assuming we have some, otherwise we'll have to just put some estimates in place, but we want to look back over at least the last 12 months to see how that's flowed in order to project into the next 12 months. And again, these things will take a little time to get more and more accurate with because things change. But we we look at the next 12 months and really the next three months are going to usually be the most accurate out of the 12 months. But we still want to plan ahead because we want to see if there's something coming down the line that we need to be prepared for. So Mm -hmm. we lay out, these are what we expect collections to be each month, collections of our Mm-hmm. receivables or bills or you know whatever the case may be as far as what we're sending to our customers and clients what's coming in the door what are we expecting and that can also be maybe we're expecting an investor influx maybe we're expecting a loan influx whatever that influx is we need to be accounting for that in our projector then we also want to be looking at our monthly bills that we have to pay overhead rent payroll, et cetera, you know, the outflows as far as that goes. And then we also want to look at maybe there's a big annual bill that we have. Maybe we have a big uh, a due that we have to pay for our dues once a year. We want to plan that in mm-hmm. so that we know when it's going to hit or approximately so that we know we're going to have enough cash available at that time. So we want to look at, you know, seasonality or certain months slower than others. Maybe we collect a lot of cash and then have to perform on that work because we get retainers a certain period, you know, so we have to look at kind of the timing of those things. And then once, you know, again, like we said, the next 90 days, next three months is the most accurate typically. So you want to be looking at this every month. (laughs) Like you want to be looking at after you project it forward, then you want to look at actuals. Like how is our actual play to our projector? Were we off? Maybe the timing was a little different than we thought it was going to be. Um, those kinds of things. So we want to be kind of tweaking that on a 12, on a rolling period of th- that 12 months. So, you know, we can adjust as we go and see what's different. Mm-hmm. And that also just helps us understand the flow of our business a little bit better as business owners too, um, so that we can be better and more accurate about the management decisions and assumptions that we're making. Okay. So when it comes to creating a direct cash flow statement too, is that something that you have to create manually because you can't easily pull that from a QuickBooks or another accounting system? Yeah, typically. I mean, you can look, uh, use some tools to do it, but you're not going to pull it as an actual statement. So you can, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe use a cash basis profit and loss statement to help you build that because that's going to show you the ins and outs on the cash flow mostly. And there are some exceptions to that so that you have to plan for like debt service, principal payments. Those are not going to show up on your profit and loss statement anywhere. So there's certain other cash outflows that you're going to need. So it is a little bit more of a manual process typically to build that. For most softwares, um, there are some softwares that track that a little bit more depending on what you're using. So it's usually not you know, too hard to go through and look at, you know, inflows and outflows for the business and to be able to project those forward. And like I said, as you do it a little bit more, you just end up just tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it. It's not such a big job as it is initially. Um, not that, and again, it's not a huge job typically, but you know, you're going to spend a few hours probably putting the first one together at least. And then you just kind of tweak it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll get more accurate as you go. And I think the other thing I want to talk about a little bit is as you look at your cash flow projections and those kinds of things, we also, we recommend looking at, you know, 
setting up a line of credit for your business when you're able to do that, setting up a reserve account so that you start moving money on, we recommend on a monthly basis into like a savings or reserve account for the business. Cause you just never know when you might hit rocky water that you weren't expecting something changed, something happened and you want to kind of have some fallback position. And the time to be doing that is when you're not having a cash flow crunch. <laughs> you want to do that. Ahead. <laughs> yeah. um, not, I mean, you know, as they say, banks don't want to give me money because I don't have any money, right? <laughs> So, right. <laughs> I don't want those you want you want to get those things in place you know at the time when things are looking good financial statement wise your cash flow is going well you know you're in a good position so again that's just one of those things that you know, when you apply for it, you probably don't need it. Right. But it's there for when you do need it. And that's, you know, something that we recommend all business kind of look into. And I know we'll be talking to a banker in one of our episodes uh, to come and they'll talk a little bit more about, you know, some of those types of things. But, you know, we highly recommending ha- have some sort of fallback plans with regards to having a line of credit in place should you need to cover something in, in the event that your cash flow doesn't timing work out the way that you thought it would. Um, and also just building up that reserve mm-hmm. so that you have your own funds available as well. Okay. Yeah. And it, it does sound like a little bit of work up front, but again, I want to mention that stat that we brought up at the beginning that the, the main reason that small businesses fail is cash flow. It's not a profit issue. It's cash flow. So getting a handle on this and making sure that you invest the time to really understand where your business is and prepare and get those reserves or get the line of credit set up is monumental in making sure that your business isn't one of those of the 82% that fail. Right. And I mean, definitely utilize your delegation and resources available too. Um, you know, if you're working with an accountant in-house or, or outside, um, maybe they can, you know, do this and help you with it. Don't, you know, recreate the wheel in something that you're not used to doing some, you know, something that could take them a short period of time, at least to get it set up and then meet with you and go through it. I mean, that's typically what we do. We'll set it up based on the information we have, and then we'll go through it, you know, kind of line item by line item and say, okay, let's talk about what we think might change in this, this upcoming year. Are you hiring more people or what's going on? And, and talk about it from that perspective. So yes, you can definitely build it yourself and there's nothing wrong with that, but also just, you know, Mm -hmm. make sure you're spending your time as a business owner and the most effective things for your business. And this, you know, this is very important. It needs to be done. It needs your involvement, but you don't necessarily have to do it 100%. You can work with somebody to accomplish the same thing. So just putting that out there to, you know, make sure you're utilizing those resources that you have. Great point. So we are going to put all of this information, as always, on our show notes for this episode. And those can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 22 for episode 22. I believe that's all we have for you today for today's episode, right, Katina? Do you have anything else? Yep. Nope. That's all we have for today. So get on understanding your cash flow. All right. Sounds good. Well, keep up that momentum and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.